going through on December 19th at 7.16 p.m. Well, I know what I was going through because when I watched it, I watched it with Chris and yes, we I did. We had a lot of thoughts. And honestly, I it wasn't at all what I remembered it being. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. I know. And now I'm thinking, like, was I thinking about another movie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> something else entirely? <laughs> I think so. Um, all right. Well, hi. Welcome to We're Watching. I'm Alexia. I'm Abby. It's also been a very long time since I've done this. It really has. Forgive us if we're catching up ourselves. We are catching ourselves up for sure. Okay. We are living our best lives, living our worst lives, being being really happy, really stressed. It's been a whole bunch of crazy. It's been a lot. Yeah. It really officially, uh, my wedding is next week. That is such a scary thing to say. Your wedding is next week next week mm-hmm. yeah so this the past month and several weeks have just been us trying to play catch up with our lives <laughs> i spontaneously moved she did i did what a wild time now you get to live with cute little thea she is the cutest baby she is the cutest um well this week we just well this week (laughs) a (laughs) month ago literally a month ago we watched black christmas with the intent of doing it as a christmas special and then here we are (laughs) a month later so we are a little we're a little fuzzy we're a little rusty but we're gonna take a really really genuine stab at this um please hold your best intentions at heart because we're going through it and uh, we're trying really hard. <laughs> I get this. Yeah. I really miss po- uh, recording and podcasting. It was just like, man, I wish I was doing literally anything else. Like podcasting would really lighten the mood sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and I get to talk to my best friend. So yeah, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I had done a bunch of research for Black Christmas too, like weirdly enough. Yeah, I'd done a bunch of research. I like looked up a bunch of things. Chris and I went down a like research rabbit hole. It was wild. I looked up like a little bit of stuff after I watched it because I was like, oh, that was was interesting. I want to know more about, you know, this or that. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, all I know is it was a precursor or inspiration for Halloween so it's like it's like when a stranger calls adjacent because it is inspired by the urban legend the babysitter and the man upstairs right 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 and a series of murders that took place in the Westmount neighborhood of Montreal Quebec and of course not like immediately we started researching like who could this be and I I got all the info I mean let's let's get into the true crime I guess after we talk about the movie I'd love to hear about it I told you, Chris and I went down like a research rabbit hole. Like he found something and I was like, send it to me. <laughs> like, like a oh, I really love listening back on our um, Poltergeist episode because you went through like that rabbit hole of like the true crime behind it. And I was like, I love this. I love everything about this. We, we love true crime. <laughs> we love true crime. Um, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So Black Christmas, the OG. So 1974 film, um, that was filmed actually in Canada. Hmm. Now we know. Oh yeah, that was it. Sorry. No, you didn't know. Again, rat research rabbit hole. We got really in the weeds because we were like, where is this? And Chris was like, it's a beautiful university. <laughs> where could that possibly be? And I was like, well, it must be like in the North somewhere. Cause there is snow. And then I found out that they actually used a bunch of like styrofoam to represent snow. Cause they didn't get enough snow that year. <laughs> yeah which is like, <laughs> depressing as hell like, that is that. So that must have been a really dry year <laughs> right like what the hell <laughs> um anyway so it, but it is um it was filmed in um it was filmed in Canada okay um on location in Toronto in the winter of 1973 through 74. Um, and then like all of the university style stuff was on University of Toronto's campus. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Nice. I should actually like reach out to one of my data scientists because I think they he went to U Toronto and be like, do you recognize this scenery? <laughs> can, you tell me, can you tell me what building this is, please? <laughs> I bet a lot of people could be like, oh, yeah, I know that building. (laughs) Or maybe that building's not there anymore, but I remember when it looked like that. Yeah, so I, yeah, I should reach out to my Canadian team members and be like, tell me everything. (laughs) Um, I don't know why I sound so creepy today. It's the uh, husky voice. Well, yeah. What? And embrace it it's sexy sexy oh yeah sexy sexy voice as a result of it being so super dry in our house right now (laughs) like it's so dry in our house right now that's why my voice like sounds like this I mean I'm sure like a little bit of his a little bit of his allergies since you know I got the allergies to the kiddies, but I mean, I, I really am not super allergic to her. I think it's mostly the dry house because my hands are literally so chapped that they've been cracked and bleeding. That's good. Yeah. Uh, she's got some really long, beautiful hair and it makes me want to sneeze just looking at her. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's the thing though. Like I think I'm allergic to short haired cats and not long haired cats. Cause okay. I wonder if their dandruff is just different. I would imagine it has to be that because like there's no reason like her stuff is all over my everything (laughs) it is part of your life now and will always be right um so yeah I don't know anyway speaking of cats um my one piece I want to throw out here in the beginning if anybody's listening and hasn't watched Black Christmas I don't believe the cat dies I didn't see a death and there is a cat and I don't think that they die so we're good there (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, didn't didn't we hear like a screeching sound? Like, I feel like the cat was dead. Well, I can't remember, but she I was, was searching like, for the cat. Yeah, they searched for the cat, but the, I think the cat just kind of meandered around and was just like, you know what? I'm just here. You know the way that cats are. <laughs> I don't think that. Well, if you are upset by animal deaths, if it, this cat did die, then it wasn't on screen. <laughs> no, no, you don't see anything. You just see the girl searching for the cat. Yes. 
So uh, I guess getting into the movie, Alexi, do you want to give us a rundown of the synopsis? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Very scattered and I'd be like, well, there was one time when... I know. Uh, no, you wouldn't. You got this. But um, boy has fluffy hair, and the girls are all wearing plaid and pinstripes everywhere, and it's super hot. It's the seventies, family. Okay. Yes. So, all right, here we are. So, uh, 1974's Black Christmas is a story of a whole bunch of sorority sisters and their house mother. <laughs> who um, pretty much are about to celebrate the holiday season. Uh, Some girls are going home for the holiday, some are not. And they have been experiencing a string of strange calls where a very creepy man calls and uh, says a bunch of horribly inappropriate things, um, which we'll get into a little bit more in a, in a second. So it says a bunch of very s- disturbing, strange things. Um, we open really in the, really when we open in the film, there's, it's from the the POV of the psychopath, really, um, who is, you know, climbing the outside trellis. Again, don't ever have a trellis. Have we learned nothing? So climbing the outside trellis and, and invading the home. And then we flash back to the the, girl, the women really who are um, experiencing all these very bizarre calls and then slowly begin to be picked off one by one. We have uh, Margot Kidder's character whose name escapes me at this very moment, um, the, the drunk friend. She is the drunk. Love her. She's great. Margot Kidder, everyone. And then um, Olivia Hussey, most famed for her being like very nude in Romeo and Juliet when she was very young. And she also plays as Jesus, plays Jesus's mother in one of those biblical epics. I feel Uh, like it's Jesus of Nazareth, but don't quote me on that. That sounds right. Right. Anyway, Olivia Hussey as the titular Jess, uh, whose boyfriend, you know, is uh, also very involved in this plot and she, we have like the side plot of her being pregnant and then we have the the side plot of the the father who is searching for his daughter who subsequently was in fact the first one murdered um spoiler uh the girls are slowly picked off one by one uh, and as well as the house mother um until the very end where Jess is literally in in the throes of a nervous breakdown because everyone is being killed off. She's all by herself. The police who've been, again, side story, tracing the call, uh, useless, yes, but also like the police chief actually takes them seriously, which again, we'll get into in a a bit, but uh, they've been trying to trace the call. They eventually trace the call. She's on the call. They tell her, the calls are coming from inside the house or, you know, from the other line in the house mother's office. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yep. A subsequent chase around the home ensues. Her boyfriend comes seemingly to her rescue. And then we, we don't really know what happens after that. She is uh, awakened to, uh, well, no, the police finally get to their home to find her unconscious and her boyfriend stabbed to death. Um, and they're just in the basement and then we, you know, wrap everything up with her sleeping in the upstairs room. 
uh, everybody just leaves, which again, why, why do they all just leave? They think they caught <laughs> the murderer. They think it's her boyfriend. So they all leave, leave her to be sleeping in her room. We pan out and there is still something fucking creepy in that attic. So we never really know. Was it a psychopath? Was it the boyfriend? Is he still in the house? It's all very uncertain. I personally think he was still in fact in the attic, but here we are. So that is our synopsis uh, with a lot of very colorful details and not a whole lot of in-depth, but a lot of this movie is centered around like parts of action, I guess, and not so much Hmm. dialogue. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like you move from one frame to the next kind of thing with this movie instead of being like we're focusing on specific scenes and dialogue and character development except when Jess is talking about her pregnancy with her boyfriend. Right we don't get a lot of character exposition in this movie which is surprising given that it's supposed to be a pretty feminist movie and it's all women yet I'm still pretty sure the most dialogue does in fact come from the men. What the fuck? And um, you were saying with that character earlier, the drunk one, I wish I could remember her name, but it's like looking at her now as a 30 year old woman, it's like, this is a woman who is tortured by something and is using alcohol as her stay, uh, you know, stand to lean on. And nobody takes her seriously because she's the drunk loud one, quote unquote. But it's like, she's the one who is, you know, telling the truth and, you know, calling people out on their shit when they need to be. But I can see how in when this movie was made, that would be a very off-putting personality and how she isn't really like a protagonist per se, more more so just like the annoying one. She's like an anti-hero. Yeah. But it's just you know, when I you know, this is my first time ever watching it, and I think she was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> so it's Barb. Really I looked it up. It. Huh? He was calling people on, on, out on their shit, and especially the police oh, yeah. officer who was like useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so her character's name was Barb. I just looked it up. That's right, Barb. Because like, of course it was. Um, yeah, my favorite part of the movie was when she was like calling her street fellatio. Can we please talk about that? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> and the police officer is just like. Okay, how do you spell that? <laughs> Here's the thing: like a dude should have known. Like you can. That's the suspension of dis. Of the suspension of belief in in this movie for me. It's not the could somebody be living in their attic and like killing them off. No, the suspension of belief for me is that a dude would not know the word fellatio, especially when all of his peers like made fun of him immediately for that. They were like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like it means something dirty doesn't it <laughs> yes it does sir <laughs> yeah I think one one of my favorite lines from Barb was when she's like on the phone at the very beginning and all the girls are gathered around the phone trying to listen to the creep and she goes quiet it's him again the Mona <laughs> the way she says it, it's just like, like northern it's so funny <laughs> so I love I love the way she does it for sure um she is by far one of the best characters, bar none. Um, but yeah, like to start from the beginning, um, like them all just gathered around listening. One, 
terrifying too. Apparently they weren't really listening to anything on the phone. Like that was all dubbed in later. And the director said that the things that he was like, they, they had like the director, like off on the side, like shouting things at them from the hallway to like get elicit like real reactions. Oh, and so I guess, I guess the, like, but he wasn't saying any of the things he said, what he actually said was infinitely worse than what ended up on the phone. And I felt like what ended up on the phone was really strange and really disturbing. It was very disturbing. And as somebody, well, as a librarian, we do get random calls and there has been a guy going around the country calling random libraries and asking the librarians to read from phone books, just to read from a phone book and they will hang up because they'll hear noises on the other side that you should not hear. <laughs> Seriously, what is wrong with people? Okay, after that creepy dude in your library, like I will never go to the library again, which is bad. <laughs> the library is an excellent place full of free and lovely resources. I don't have to say it. Abby will say it, but I will say it because I support her and the librarian endeavors. But seriously, what is wrong with you people? It's it's like never ending. And men just are creepy to be creepy. And they'll be like, well, can you read a certain word or like say a certain word to me on the phone? And you're like, please stop. Mm. It's just, mm. men are just like that. And this movie, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, that, that's how it is. And when enough girls have, have clearly been traumatized by it, you just kind of have to roll with it. Because nobody's taking it seriously at this point I'm sure that they had reported it several times and even the house mother was just like you know what this is what it is yeah so it it really said that it had to get to the this point of people getting murdered for anybody to take it seriously well and that's I mean that like they talk about like a you know especially when I was looking again doing research and like looking at reviews and you know, like backstory and things like, you know, for the seventies, this was a very progressive film, especially with their discussion of like, you know, Jess's pregnancy and her subsequent, you know, desire for an abortion, et cetera, et cetera. But for, you know, like a feminist film, they also talk about how, like, um, how it's supposed to be very illuminating that the police don't listen to them initially, or like that, that guy blows them off. And it isn't until the chief comes in and is like, I'm sorry. Did you say that uh, girls had reported something and now somebody's dead and you never like. And he's still not bothered by that news. Like that officer still unbothered by the news that somebody might be dead or missing. He's just like, she ran off somewhere. She is a flighty young thing. Why are you so concerned about this? And you're just want to strangle him. Right. Like, okay, well, a preteen girl's already been found dead in the woods. So, but also like, was that related? Was that unrelated? Like, what was the point of that storyline with the little girl, like the little girl Mm -hmm. who like didn't come home from school and is found murdered? Like, is that supposed to be him? Was that him just like wandering around the community before he hid in there? I was like, like, is this a red herring or something? Or are we just trying to like, did you just strings? (laughs) yeah like did you just include it for the sake of the shock value like please explain to me what this lends to the story because I'm not really understanding it yeah seriously but yeah I think that this movie did a very good job of just illustrating like women aren't listened to especially you know when men are in charge of everything and it happens you know more more or less to marginalized communities as well so I feel like if they had to (laughs) 
instead of doing the most recent remake, if they had made that it, as something to highlight how Black women or POC women are just not listened to at all, that might have been a more impactful film. <laughs> and yeah, we don't want really, to like, highlight their dramas, so. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, the remake, while like entertaining in some capacities, one okay. Well, there are a couple of remakes, so you know, we're talking about the um, we're talking about the uh, 2019 remake that you think was ridiculous, yeah. or well, I haven't seen either of the remakes. So. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I have seen all of them. I have seen <laughs> all three of the Black Christmas movies, God help me, the 1974 version, the 2006 version, I think it's 2006, yeah, it was like early and on. then, yeah, and then the 2019, 2020, whatever that was version. So I have seen them all because I'm a psychopath also, <laughs> um, you know. horror film enthusiast, excuse you. Well, that too, <laughs> that too, my friends, that too. Um, yeah, don't get it twisted. I am dark and twisty on the inside, but at the same time, um, it's not dark and twisty for the sake of being dark and twisty. Uh, it is just for love of the movies. I know that's very unfathomable to some people, but it is in fact for the love of the films. Um, but yeah, I would agree that like the the re- most recent one was supposed like the first one was supposed to be a really fem- like a really feminist take on it and based on that urban legend the second one the remake actually starred so um the character um god what is her name um phil who um the dark the black curly hair with the oh, big her. bottle glasses coke bottle glasses so one she is the aunt in my big fat greek wedding so you know yeah. i already love her i just watched that movie and i didn't even make the connection oh my god yep. I, love that. <laughs> I know that's why i said that that first that's why i said that first um but she also plays the house mother in the 2006 remake okay that's cool yeah they brought her back um yeah they brought her back she agreed to do it which I love I love entirely that somebody from the original movie did the remake yeah um, it must be fun being the house mother just drunk off your shit flasks everywhere she she was great in it like let me add she was great in the second one or in the remake but the remake was more about they tried to do more with the mythology of the like the psychopath um and like completely missed the feminist part. I mean, it does have a bunch of like decently feminist, like two thousands actresses, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Lacey Chabert and um, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. Like, what? I know it's a weird but stacked cast. Um, Hilarious. However, they missed the feminist elements and then they brought the feminist elements back hardcore for the 2019 remake, but then they incorporated some supernatural elements, spoilers. Um, it, I don't know. The whole thing was just very odd. Um, we'll, we'll probably watch more Halloween movies as we get along and Jason and stuff, but isn't that what they did to those characters as well? They just started getting a little bit more um, supernatural with it instead of like, here's a real person. Really. Right. Yeah, they go less from like, like character, um, like psychopathy oriented, like murders to like 
murderers who literally defy all logic (laughs) (laughs) can live when no one when no normal person would be able to live like it just yeah it goes it goes to a weird place um oh but with um the actress um the aunt in my big creek wedding i forgot what you said her name was um i I didn't because i i still don't remember i just remember her character (laughs) no um i had a note because there was a point you know in the beginning of the movie where she's talking with jess and it's like they're the way they're talking to each other the way they're looking at each other and interacting my note was lesbians I got very excited I was like oh my god there are lesbians in this movie (laughs) I know I was like no way (laughs) alas that was not the case they were just apparently super good friends (laughs) super good friends but it's hard to believe that there'd be an entire sorority house full of women and one of them wouldn't be a lesbian there's always one and I also had there has to be one statistically there has to be one there has to be one and I had another note that was like just commenting on how old these women looked. Yeah. Pretending to be like they're between the ages of what, 18 and 21. They all seem like they were in their 30s. Right. Well, depend. I mean, honestly, depending on, um, depending on like, what, like when they started college or whatever, like they theoretically could be between 18 and like 23. Um, but you're right. They do all look super old, old. However, they were all pretty young in that movie. That's what I don't know. Like, I feel like, do you remember re- that thing we talked about when they were like, yes, back then people really were older. Like, cause you know, we talk about how like in certain, like in like old photos and stuff, people just look older somehow. Yeah. I remember seeing somebody recently be like, show a picture of the golden girls and those women were supposed to be in the late fifties, early sixties. But in our eyes, we see those as like super old women in their 70s. And then with the new Sex in the City revival, these women are also in that same age group, but they look younger. And it's like, it's the mm-hmm. hair, it's the makeup, it's the fashion, it's the way that they present themselves. So I think it might be like a tie between once you reach a certain age, you were expected to look a certain way and look older. And then you know, you just have, it's like the terms of modesty and fashion just hit different recently. So now we have Carrie Bradshaw just tromping around in a miniskirt at the ripe age of 56 or something. So, I mean, maybe, I just also feel like, I don't know, like with the Golden Girls too, I'm like, it was the gray hair for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, the, it was the fact that they all had gray hair. Yeah. And we're like, and like one or two of them more like Moo Moo style dresses. Like, and it was like the florals, they, they definitely looked old. So it was just so funny. Like, especially in this movie too, like, it's like the same thing where these women look older because I guess they're not supposed to look like trampy party girls, I guess. I don't know because I feel like they kind of portray them as trampy party girls you know what I'm saying it's it's a weird in-between thing where it's like you can definitely point out like Barb who is the party girl in her wild fashion versus the first girl who gets killed where she's she's like excuse me outed as the virgin of the group the more yeah that's right the good girl fascinating where I was like the first person who dies is a virgin virgin sacrifice this goes right against most horror movie tropes the virgin usually survives 
I know, which is ironic given that, um, given that, uh, this is supposed to be like the instigator for all those Mm -hmm. slasher films. And so one, it's the only, it's the one that subverts the tropes the most. Cause right. Like the, like Olivia Hussey, the Hussey, haha. Sorry. I just needed to make a play. I needed to make a pun on her name. I don't really like the use of like specific terminology for women who are living their lives, doing whatever they want to do, which this is what they should be able to do. However, I did really love that Olivia Hussey as the, like, you know, what we would consider to be like a, like in the seventies, not we would consider what the seventies would consider to be like a, not like a loose woman, but like an irresponsible woman, woman, because, you know, right. She's the one who gets pregnant and then she like, doesn't want to keep it. And that's all very scandalous and whatever. Um, But yeah, no, instead it's the, it's the virgin girl who gets murdered first. But I love how this movie, it, it is, you know, what is the second wave feminism at this point, but it definitely highlights like sexual freedom. Yeah. Which is really nice to see in a movie where it's like the women who are being killed are, are not being killed because they're sexually active. Right. They're just being killed because they're women. And, you know, that at the end of the day, that's how incels operate. It doesn't matter how many partners you've had. It's just that they hate women. My God, it's so accurate. So painfully accurate. <laughs> and, it, you know, if the killer is an incel, then if, if you don't understand what that is, that's an involuntary, involuntarily celibate person, which a lot of quote-unquote nice guys like to hide behind to blame women for their lack of sexual appeal that's what happens with a lot of these night house stalker people you know somebody who views sex as something that is evil and wicked and needs to be punished but this person did nothing except have a cat and have a nice boyfriend what'd you say (laughs) this first girl did nothing except have a nice cat and a boyfriend (laughs) right although I gotta say like they portray her as the like good girl like you know whatever you know she had a boyfriend but she was you know hiding it because she was supposed to be the good girl whatever but then she also has that poster of like the naked people creating the peace sign which I love and I love the house where they're like trying to cover it up when her dad was in the room and her dad just like okay (laughs) he honestly seemed like he was just like why did I let her go to college like why why did any of this happen like why am I here how do I deal with all these crazy people like (laughs) that house mother was killing me the whole time she must have had like an absolute blast I want to know if any of those flasks flasks actually had alcohol in them oh I am 99% sure that at least (laughs) one of them did okay at least one like if we're being real at least one if not all of them <laughs> like, let's be honest with ourselves it was all of them that's so great and i um that was it like i feel like especially there are definitely some movies between like the 30s and the the 80s really like 30s to the 80s where i'm like i don't understand this humor or these characters or why they play them the way they play them and like she was one of them where I was just like what is her angle here <laughs> what are you trying to accomplish here yeah, like what is your angle here 
what is supposed to be happening with this character? Like, is she a crazy drunken house mother? Is she a responsible one? Is she just like devious for the sake of being devious? Like what is, what's her deal? And we don't get any more of that, which like I would have really enjoyed to see I would have really enjoyed if I could have seen more of this crazy house mother doing her crazy house mother shit. No, because like she does die in the attic and everything, but it would have been nice to have her be like a moment of just saying, I am trying to protect these girls. I know that there might be something amiss, but you know, deep down, she really does care for all of them. I mean, I feel like that was like pretty evident. Even with like that weird nighty that they got her. (laughs) question marks on all that. like just like a big question mark over that whole scene too like why why it just feels so bad because that first girl's body was never found it's just that ivy looked over at one point he had not watched the movie at all and he's like how long has that body been in the attic and i'm like this whole time <laughs> this whole time and the whole they came out from the house and she's still there how does but also, they pay but also they pan out from the house and you could see her dead body in the window. Like, why is, I'm sorry, nobody noticed that. You're going to tell me that nobody bothered to go up to the attic because no one saw her fucking dead face in the window. Yeah. Okay. I'm the, again, really? Are you sure? The plastic opening cup to her face. And everything. Like, gosh, we don't know what could have possibly happened to her. Really? You can see her dead face in the window. All right. You're not looking at all. You're not even trying. The last time we saw her was in the house. So maybe she's still in the house. Maybe that's like an option that you can think about. Maybe she's like just still there somewhere. Wild. Bizarre. What a concept. Never would have guessed. (laughs) Just really beyond the realm of possibility at this point. (laughs) I just, God. That movie. That movie was fun. It, the fashion was fun. The house decor was amazing. I loved a lot of like 70s I, like items about that movie. Mm-hmm. What I didn't love was the actual movie itself. Yeah. I think it fell apart when it tried to introduce too many side uh, stories. Yeah. It seemed like they, they were trying to put a lot in there and it really only had enough room for a couple of ideas and not everything it had enough room for like like a story about nobody believes women maybe focus on that more than anything else like yep they they did they tried it was like american horror story season two like they tried to do too much i i still haven't made my way through that season i got stuck I'm very, very stuck there. <laughs> you know, it took me a long time to go back to that season. Like, if we're being totally honest, it took me a long time to go back to that season. Yeah, they should have either stuck with the asylum only or gone heavy into the aliens. Both is yeah. a bit much. I mean, they had, well, they had that. I mean, they had like the asylum and Satan possessing one of the nuns. And like, and it was just doing his torture chamber shit. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, Zachary. Quinto as like the serial killer like they just they had a lot going on in that season and also if you haven't seen that season my bad we just spoiled the show <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there if you want to watch it go for it but <laughs> that's what we're, you're gonna get yourself into <laughs> yeah we're just saying it's it's really an investment of your time and effort and we're not sure if it's entirely worth it okay okay so that yeah this movie definitely faltered in that step I if I were to give it a star rating 
it'd probably be like a three out of five stars. Yeah. It's good for the novelty of it. It's good for like when you want to watch an old or like an early precursor to slasher films. And if you want to see like how feminism was portrayed in the 70s, like it's good for that. But everything else is like the storyline's kind of iffy and there's just a lot going on. I feel like you were way more generous than I'm about to be because (laughs) I'd probably give it a 1.5 out of five. Yeah. I'm giving it the one and a half for the historical value and like precursor setting. Okay. And the fact that those actresses, you know, on their, on their own merit are good actresses. However, from an entertainment value perspective, garbage. Yeah. Not, it wasn't even like, Cause here's the thing. I've seen some bad horror films that were at least like funny. Like I was just like, what the shit is happening? This is terrible. But I'm like laughing and having a good time. No, not this one. Chris and I literally watched it. I fell asleep on the couch in the middle. So we had to rewatch it. Like, <laughs> like rewind after I was asleep for like 20 minutes. Like it, one, I don't, I was so excited to watch this. Cause I thought it was like, again, I, I guess I don't remember this movie having seen it the first time because like I it wasn't at all like what I remembered or again I may not have seen this one and it was something else entirely which you know always possible but um yeah from an entertainment value perspective it not at all worth the time and the effort that it it took to watch it but um again it is you know it is the precursor and it is an interesting take on um, feminism from the 70s and like you know again it subverts all other horror tropes too though so I can't even be like it's a great start to the horror genre because like (laughs) it doesn't hold true any of the things that like we know and love about horror genres horror tropes like it's all over the map it's sometimes interesting but mostly boring like there's no it was like they wanted to do good character development, but then couldn't do good character development. And I don't know. I just, I was not sold on this. Yeah. And I'm sad because I remember being excited to watch it. <laughs> I, and I, now I, I'm like, I, I did the, like zone out quite a bit watching this movie. So it's like, yeah, it was yeah. wandering and not really that cohesive at all. So I agree. You were very generous. I was not generous at all. In fact, I might have been a little too harsh, but I'm sticking with my 1.5 out of 5. I might lower mine to a 2 out of 5. Because it's like the more I think about it, the more I was like, yeah, I I definitely did not pay that close of attention to it while watching it, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But also, there wasn't a whole lot of Christmas elements to it either. So it's like for a movie that's called Black Christmas, you would think that it would have like more to it. Right. Well, so more fun, more fun facts about this film. Again, I did like a ton of research. Um, It's, they had another working title for this. Oh, yes. Because I remember saying something that they were like, we didn't want it to look like a black exploitation movie when it first aired. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, because it was going to be like, yeah, it wasn't released as Black Christmas. It was released as something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they didn't want it to be yeah, Black exploitation. God, I forgot about that. 
<laughs> um they probably could have just called it sorority house murders and called it a day like that's yeah they probably oh should have <laughs> they probably should have stuck with that but then again there's yeah there's a bunch of like movies that are spinoffs like that like like sorority row or um prom night or like you know all those others that are like young women being murdered although prom night is like just young people being murdered (laughs) the movie's original screenwriter was a roy moore and he based the story off of the urban legend the babysitter and the man upstairs which we do talk you know we did talk about in the summary so um you know story you've heard like a thousand times over and about a thousand movies that are based on it um so an unidentified caller phones the house in order to scare the occupants and the original legend i think it was like which again the original legend is also based on a true story yeah <laughs> uh Sitter receives a phone call telling her to check on the children when she does so she either discovers that the children have been murdered or she's lured upstairs to be killed by herself again the original when a stranger calls we've got to fucking watch it because it do. is epic. i do really want to watch it it's so creepy it is so creepy and i watched the remake recently for no apparent reason um i hate camilla bell so you'd think i wouldn't have but no. <laughs> you think you'd learn your lesson well i do enjoy it even though i don't think it's like i th- i think it could be like way better mm-hmm. i think it just would be way better but i do enjoy it and also i forgot that tessa thompson was one of her friends really i know i was like it's baby tessa thompson i got really excited <laughs> um anyway uh so um again that that it's like an urban legend but it's also like a real story where a girl either like does have something happen or like the children are murdered on her watch or like something something crazy like that again don't quote me because I didn't do the research for that part (laughs) I just did yeah I just did um I just did the research part for um Black Christmas um anyway so um, additionally, Moore based the story off of a string of murders in the Westmount area committed by serial killer Wayne Bowden. Um, so not a lot of similarities between, you know, the actual serial killer and the story that we see, but, um, apparently between 1969 and 1971, he killed five women, um, and was called the vampire rapist because he would bite his victims. What an I don't know. Why does, <laughs> like, anyone, why does anyone do the work? Like, do, do not know. Like, <laughs> like, it is it is awful. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Can we bully him in his afterlife? Is that a thing that we can do? I think the new thing that people need to do is just bully silly serial killers. <laughs> That's what they deserve. Stick, stick in my room with five popular girls from middle school. Ruined. Absolutely destroyed. They can't handle it. That seems more disturbing somehow. They will ruin their lives. <laughs> you know, I'm here for that. Like, you know what? Give them some Facebook pages. Give them some Facebook pages instead of, set, no, sorry. Instagram pages. Better yet, TikTok accounts. And then set loose a stream of preteen and early teenage girls. Just let them rip them to shreds. I don't know if you've ever seen um, 
what's her name? Drew Afuolo on TikTok. I'm but sorry. Her, her name is Drew Afuolo. And she's fantastic because she finds these like awful, terrible, misogynist men. And she has the best laugh ever. It is like a hyena's cackle. And she roasts these men within an inch of their lives. And it is the best thing I ever see. Like she absolutely destroys them. And <laughs> if you haven't heard of her or seen her, go to TikTok and find Drew, Drew Apuolo. Okay. And she's fantastic. So that's well, what we need to destroy serial killers from now on. <laughs> I am so here for that. First and foremost, you couldn't see, I mean, let me rephrase. You could see my face. Yes. People listening to the podcast could not see my face. Lexi was um, thrilled and intrigued. <laughs> I was delighted. I was more than <laughs> thrilled and intrigued. I was, that was a, the face of sheer delight, my friends. Um, sheer delight. Sheer delight. Uh, I just don't even know like I, I don't even know what to do with that information because it just brings me <laughs> and also <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I just I wish I could have I I want to know more I would like to experience more I applaud this young woman's efforts and I support her um and also like I want to see this in action but number two like I really I need to be better about the social medias I'm so <laughs> garbage at it I really am you are the social media savant in this friendship. That's all I do is social media. The doom scrolling is my life. I like can't do it. It hurts. It hurts me on the inside. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I also like forget. Like mm-hmm. my my mother said something to me about it the other day. She was like, "I know because like you know I'll send you things and you like sometimes you won't even respond." And I'm like, <laughs> "I haven't even looked at it yet." <laughs> Yeah, it definitely has helped me now that it's like the way that I set up my phone with shortcuts and stuff. I don't get, I don't see notifications. So if I miss something, I just truly don't see a notification for it. (laughs) Smart. You are a smart lady. Um, It's it's gotten even worse. Like it's gotten even worse now that you're busy. uh, Well, I'm busy, but also spending more time. with my honey, like with the boyfriend. Um, yeah, because he doesn't social media. And so, but it's also one of those things where it's like, I haven't even watched things recently. Like when he was, when he was gone, <laughs> I watched so much stuff. Oh my God. I blew through two see the two seasons of, I think you should leave. I watched the entire second season of, Ch- of cheer. I, um, watched an entire season of something else like <laughs> I watched a bunch of movies like, like it went wild I watched all the things I haven't been able to watch as it was like I said I would want wait to watch The Witcher with him and now I hate myself because I know he's never gonna watch it and now we've started this other show and I'm like but I just want to watch The Witcher and oh, I didn't I didn't think I watched this much tv but apparently I do the Witcher was what Ivy and I binge watched on Christmas Eve day. Like we just got, we, we literally stayed on yeah. the church all day and watched The Witcher in it. We were like, this is perfect. This is how we do our thing. I love that. I fully support that you, that you did it. Um, Leah and I had watched it when it first came out mm-hmm. um, back when we lived together, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. Just like, 
watching it with somebody else. Like, you know, I know she didn't read the books like I did, so she didn't have a lot of context for certain things. And then, you know, when she realized that the timelines were different, like, cause at first she was like, what the hell is happening? And I was like, these are all different times. Like these, like what's happening to Yennefer is not happening at the same time that it's happening to Geralt. And she was like, oh, okay. She was like that. I wish somebody had told me that. Like, <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I probably should have, probably should have like made that clear to you ahead of time. Like, I just figured you were catching that, and you weren't. So they were my bad. making it like super obvious for a while. No. And at one point, you go, oh, okay. Yeah, you're like you get the same question. Where he's like, how the fuck? Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I understand now. Thank you. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So I haven't watched season two yet because again, I agreed to wait and watch it with my errant boyfriend, but God knows, I don't think I'm going to be able to wait. And then he's going to be sad, but too bad. You know what? <laughs> okay. Sorry. We, we, we went off track really hardcore there. Um, that's my bad. And I did it. It's my fault. I looked up the Montreal murders in a 2020 interview. Oh, this comes from Oxygen, the TV channel. I shit you not. Oxygen. <laughs> Oxygen, the TV channel. Um, a, during a 2020 interview with Nick Mancuso, the actor who played the film's villain, Billy, in quotes, again, because we, we say it's Billy, but like, anyway. Uh, the Daily Telegraph reported the Canadian murders in question were actually referring to a 14-year-old boy who killed several members of his who killed several of his family members in the West Mount neighborhood of Montreal in 1943. That seemingly refers to a killer named George Webster, but little information is known. Um, so apparently that incident was a 14 year old boy used a baseball bat to bludgeon his mother to death and attempted to kill other members of his household. Okay. I, yeah, I just don't even know. How does a child that small have that kind of strength? I mean, a 14, okay, think about when we were seniors and my sister's class were freshmen. Yeah. So that would be like 14-year-olds, right? That's how Leah is in my head still. I know. <laughs> I know. But think about Jacob mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how big he was and how he could grow a full beard as a 14-year-old freshman. Jesus. Remember how all the senior girls were like looking at him askance and I was like, he is a child. Do not look at him. I will kill you. He is a child. And I mean, again, I think that's because he was my sister's year and I was just like, he is literally a child. You cannot touch him. Please do not touch him. Um, so yeah, but like, think about how big he was just like as a, as a 14 year old, like he was a, again, not like fat or anything, just like he was tall he looked like a man he looked like he could probably you know lift lots of heavy weights like and then just have, like the wherewithal to like just bludgeon your mother to death yeah, serial serial killer is gonna serial kill oh. i think we mentioned in a previous episode how like strangulation is such a personal thing but bludgeoning is such a rage filled action you have to hate somebody. Oh yeah. Beyond belief to bludgeon them. 
it is it is a vicious way to murder people are terrifying they are do we know it so did he get caught and everything and put in jail uncertain does not really say um oh i wonder whatever became of george yeah oh my coworker is watching squid game oh yes and she's like they're taking red light green light too seriously and i was like oh honey you're just starting (laughs) (laughs) how little you know sweet summer child you sweet summer child so what I wanted, the only other thing I think I wanted to talk about was like the, the psychopath, like himself. Um, so we talked about how, like, like I said, the, whatever it was that he was saying on the phone was better than whatever it was that the director was shouting at the women, which also like, I'm sorry, what kind of disturbing ass shit were you shouting at those poor actresses that, they were that shocked and disturbed or whatever. What the guy says on the phone is equally disgusting. Like he does talk about their genitals. There is a lot of use of the C word there. Like an aggressive amount. Very much. Like more than I feel like was necessary even to be disturbed. Although it did make it disturbing. Oh yeah, because it, it first started out and they were like, it's the moaner. He doesn't moan. He gurgles a lot, which they're all like looking at each other like, what the actual fuck? And then he gets into his tirade about how much he hate women, I guess. So that's He's just a weird, creepy dude. Like, he's a weird, creepy dude who does weird, creepy things. And then, um, like the... Um, like the different voices that he uses, like that's weird. I guess they were trying to insinuate that it could be anyone. You don't know what he actually sounds like. Okay, I'm gonna call bullshit there, but I, um, yeah, that was disturbing. And then, um, you like we never get to know who or what he was. And again, I can't decide if that was just like it was supposed to be like creepily ambiguous or if it was just poor and lazy writing, like uncertain. You can definitely tell where Halloween got its inspiration from with the like the beginning point of view shot approaching the house and everything. That's true. That's very true. Um, But yeah, it was also like, why this sorority house? Like how long had he been stalking you people? Has he been stalking other sorority houses? What is it about this one that makes it so special? Yeah, like, I don't know. There was just a lot that I felt like was on, you know, there it's one thing to have like a crazy, like ending, like a, were they crazy? Were they not? Like, was this real? Was this not? I feel like there are moments for those types of endings. And then there are. Yeah. And then there's this ending. (laughs) And then there's this ending. Um, But the remake, that was what I was going to say. The remake tried to like reconcile the fact that we get no backstory for this murder. We get no closure. We get no like any of that. So I mean, but then they double down and they make it like really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
where there's like, again, spoilers. If you haven't seen the remake, just uh, skip right past this section. Um, and Abby, you know, anyway, so the remake, they like set it up, they set it up as this like incest situation. Oh yeah. It's, it's wild. Like, cause remember he talks about, he's like talking about him and like some other girl and he's like, we did it or whatever. So like in the remake, he, they make it so that like he is abused by his father and like raped by his mom. And then they have like a baby together who be, who's like his like sister daughter. <laughs> and like <laughs> sister daughter. And then like they're a murderous duo. So it's like they're all both killing people in the house. Like it was just what? Yeah. yeah, like I said, like the the remake is not good. The remake is not good. And I, I did remember that the remake was not good. Um, I feel like in there that, was a point in right. cinema where they tried to give all these horror film villains like a backstory so that they'd be like either relatable or have some sort of like where people can be like, I understand them now. But it's like that doesn't work because they're just monsters. They're right. not really people anymore. They're just monsters. True. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. It it does get it is very much on the line of um right, it taking the 80s, 90s horror film approach where like murderers are actually supernatural beings who can't ever die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just come back for more. And then that now that it's like there's a, a backstory to it. I think there was one, I want to say it was for Texas Chainsaw Massacre where I saw the beginning of it and they tried to get into like his mother gave birth to him in like a pig barn or something. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> You're right. I forgot about that. I probably just blocked it from my memory. Danny and I started watching it and we barely got 30 seconds and we were like, nope, we're done. <laughs> all good thought I wanted to decided I really didn't especially since I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre the original so that would have been real bad (laughs) no it's on our list but I've never seen it okay so here's the thing I'm pretty sure Texas Chainsaw Massacre came before this movie came before Black Christmas so I'm not really sure you know they're tout they touted as like the first slasher film but like really was it because I mean, theoretically, maybe, but, you know, with the existence of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I feel like we, it can't really give itself clout as the first slasher film. But I... So we'll watch it at some point. It's on our list, so we'll watch it at some point. We 100% will. All right. We've got a lot of movies on our list. Um, It's actually unreal. We'll get back into it like more regularly. I am getting married next week, so I don't know if we'll have an episode or not, but we'll we'll see what we can do. I mean, whatever. We'll get there when we get there. We get there. We can be more consistent again. We get there when we get there. Yeah. Thank you for sticking around though. Like we we really do enjoy this podcast and recording and everything. We do. We, we love it. Throw this into something a little more, and 
have more community and join horror movies with us. Hashtag community. Hashtag. Hashtag community. I was watching something the other day where I was like, this person was in community. <laughs> they were all in community. <laughs> Maybe it was um, Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, this person was in community. Such a good show. It is such a good show. I know, not related really to horror films, but it is kind of horrific in some ways. I mean, community. How is community horrific? Oh, righteous gemstones. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was, (laughs) I was like, community, community, community's not horrific. horrific. All those things they make those people do. God, learning. It's terrible. It's the worst. I say is when grad school classes start up tomorrow. I was going to say, mm, edumacation. Yeah. So terrible. If you're ever thinking about going to grad school, maybe just go have a snack instead. <laughs> you <laughs> might be hungry, go have a snack. <laughs> You'll feel better. <laughs> you might be hungry instead, just go eat a snack. <laughs> Are you feeling unfulfilled or are you just hungry? Honestly, that's me a lot. I'm like, am I sad or am I just really hungry? <laughs> am I tired or have I not eaten enough today? Friends, it is a real thing. Please take care of yourself. That includes feeding yourself. That was like a big discussion at your at your bridal shower too. What was Snacking, like, am I okay? Like, am I not okay? Or do I just need to eat something? (laughs) In my bridal shower, we were like, open up the floor for advice for the newlywed couple and all that. A lot of people said, if you're feeling upset and angry and what, like getting on the brink of a fight, just eat something first. (laughs) Like, or go for a walk or like, somebody said, get a safe word so you can just be like, no, this is my break time. We need to like step away from this real quick. It, it really is crazy how much people were like, just take a break. Just, take, just break. take a break. Get a snack. The thing is, it's great life advice. Like, it really is. Take a break. Get a snack. Great life advice. <laughs> the theme of today's show is go eat something. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> go eat something. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I wanted to note is that, um, in Black Christmas, um, the police officer or the police chief dude is once again, the same guy who looks like he has eyeliner and is the the one who's Nancy's father in, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I remember being like, I recognize this guy. And yes, that is Nancy's father. But didn't I tell you when he was on there, I was like, he's literally in everything. He's always the police officer, like the police chief or like, you know, somebody's dad. Like Except he's just all- useful in this movie rather than in Nightmare on Elm Street when he was just like, oh, awful dad. So useless. Yeah. No, he's totally useless in Nightmare on Elm Street, but he is in fact more useful in this one. But he really is always the police officer. Mm-hmm dark eye flashes that make him look like he has eyeliner on at all times. 
I mean, honestly, like more power to them though. Like what, how nice must it be to have those types of eyelashes? I wouldn't know. Um, Black Christmas, I think we, this movie is good if you want some historical context to horror movies, but both of us give it a, what'd you give it? A one and a half out of five and I gave, give it a two out of yep. five. So it's not there for much else. It's not that fun. If you're looking for fun, don't watch this movie. If you're looking for like interesting social commentary, go for this movie. Yeah. It does bring to light a lot of like 70s second wave feminism and sexual um, freedom and uh, all that fun stuff. But otherwise it's uh-huh. not really there for characters, story development, fun. There's not a whole lot of jokes being thrown around. That's it. I'm telling you, I really just firmly believe that the funny ones are the best ones. These are the thoughts I have on life. The the cheesier, the better. The like... The campier, the better. The campier, the better. Yes. The more ridiculous, the better. Like, I want... I mean, I watch horror films to have fun. Right? either to be like spooky spooked or to be like, that was really well done. But Mm -hmm. rarely am I ever watching it because I want to be bored or traumatized. That's not what I want in horror movies either. I don't want to be traumatized. I don't want to be ruined. Uh, One of my coworkers keeps trying to get us to watch the movie Raw and I'm like, I don't- Absolutely not. I don't think I'm ever gonna be emotionally prepared for that movie and it seems too traumatizing. I just like not on my list, really. (laughs) It's not on our list, which is honestly, it's so weird for us to. I mean, one, we're aligning on this movie in our distaste. This is actually the first time we've aligned in distaste on this podcast, which I'm proud of us, frankly. Um, But I feel like Hostel, Raw, those are movies like, again, I have seen Hostel already. Um, there's a lot of vomiting for me, you know, you know how I feel about that, but, um, you know, I, this is one of those, Raw is one of those rare ones that we both agree. It's just not, it's not worth our time or effort. It's not on our list of things that would bring us joy and we're just not going to do it. Yeah. And that's where we draw the line. But, uh, check our socials for next week's episode or the next episode that comes out, I should say. Uh, <laughs> we post pretty, I'll get back to posting regularly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I did update our Facebook webpage because I realized that we didn't actually have like a uh, URL associated with the podcast. So it, it's going to be a lot easier to find us again. So right now we're watching horror and if you want to go to facebook.com slash we're watching horror, we're there. Um, Instagram is also we're watching horror. Twitter is watching underscore horror. And you can also email us with suggestions, comments, ideas at pod at gmail.com. Yay. To be quite honest, when, until Abby gets married, don't expect anything. Like expect nothing. I do not want her committing to all sorts of, oh, I'll post these things because God knows I won't do it. And we definitely don't want and need her doing it. She needs to get married. All right. Crazy. And I did want to do another book talk for 
February, so that'll be coming yes. with us. Yes, I have been reading lots of books, so this is the thing. I almost started out well, and then it's just kind of gone. So I'll get back into reading once the wedding's over. You know what? Or not. Whatever brings you joy, whatever's going to serve you. And frankly, I mean, I feel like this is, we're, we're feeling that a lot re recently. I feel like there's been a lot of pressure to, and as the pandemic's gotten worse, I feel like we've bad been back in that stream of like, we're not doing enough or whatever you are doing enough. You are doing enough. If you don't feel like doing it when you used to love it, no worries. I mean, yes, a little bit of worries because, you know, we want you to, that's definitely signs of like, you know, depression and we want you to feel okay. Um, <laughs> however, you know, if, if it starts to feel like a chore, don't do it. Amen. Don't do it. All right. I'm gonna get off my soapbox now, but I feel like a lot of people need to hear that. Mm -hmm. I Hell, I need to hear that sometimes. So <laughs> Don't overwhelm yourself with the expense of your mental physical well Amen. Well, this was a, a very lackluster love for uh, the original Black Christmas. Honestly, everybody stay safe out there. Yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. And remember, we're watching. <laughs>